Welcome to the Early Career Moves Podcast, the career strategy podcast for BIPOC folks in their 20s and 30s trying to figure out their next career move. I'm your host, Priscilla Weninger Bolcha, Latinx career coach, former talent recruiter, and human capital management consultant. Each Friday, I'll share an actionable tip to help you on your career change journey so that you can job search with confidence, land amazing job offers, and get on with your life. Let's get started. Hey everyone, I am so excited to bring you a special guest today. I have Ariana Rodriguez on the show. She is a Dominican millennial from New Jersey, and she's going to be talking about her own career change journey and how she figured out her career during her 20s and what has made her decide to actually become a full-time entrepreneur. So she uh, went to NYU where she actually was a liberal arts major. And after graduating in 2010, she wanted to do education nonprofit work and then later realized she actually wanted to work in the private sector and make more money to pay off her student loans. So on this episode, she explains to us how she sold her skill set to be able to break into a project manager role at a major New York hospital. And today she's now a system strategist who works with agency owners and works in the intersection of tech and operations. Ariana keeps it real, so definitely excited for you to learn about her journey. All right, enjoy. I'm excited that you were able to make some time to come and chat with me. Why don't we just get started with you sharing a little bit about your background? Just tell us anything that you know you think we would need to know. Yeah, sure. So I am Dominican, a millennial. I grew up in Queens, New York, moved to Jersey when I was like a teenager, and then went to NYU and studied sociology and education. I fell in love with history, loved the history of education, loved the theory behind it. I wanted to make changes in the education system to kind of benefit black and brown kids. Mm -hmm. I happened to luck out and had really great experiences in magnet programs in the city. And then when I moved to New Jersey, saw some like really stark differences in like the education in New York and the education in Jersey. So I really wanted to work on the back end to better our Department of Education, whatever yeah. that meant. So I graduated, been to land a really great job as what they call an advocate counselor in a school for students who were over about to age out of the system, but didn't have enough credits to graduate. So like I was there to support them to kind of get them to that finish line through uh, the Good Shepherd Services, a great organization. The work that they're doing is amazing. It's actually getting kids like the resources they need to graduate. And I love the work there. There wasn't anywhere for me to go if I wasn't a teacher or a counselor or if I didn't have a social work degree. And I had numerous conversations with my administrative director. I had conversations with the vice president of the program because they were based in my school. And like they all loved me, but they all said the same thing that I needed a social work degree. And I'm like, I don't want to either teach or get a social. Like those weren't things that were of interest to me. So I like bounced around a little bit. I wound up in a school in the borough of Manhattan Community College working for a program called Single Stop. And then it all just became too much. And I was like, I think that I'm done here because I don't want to be in the front line. I want to be working in the programmatic, like working in the backseat. And either I didn't have the experience to go into higher ed where they did have like program management 
or I didn't have the social work teaching experience that like Department of Ed wanted. So I made some pivots. So I took some time off. And then funny enough, this is gonna be a little bit of a pivot, but it all aligns, I promise. So I wound up having really bad allergies. And I don't mean like hay fever and seasonal allergies. I mean, like things would touch my skin and I would break out into hives, like everything, like really bad. So I started creating my own line of like soaps and lotion to kind of just eliminate everything out of my body, out of my system. So that to try to heal my body, I wasn't working at that point. So I couldn't afford to buy like organic soaps because they were like $7 a freaking bar. So I started making them and I got really good at them and they were awesome. And they were some of the best soaps that I like I've ever used in my life. So I started selling them and I created like a little mini business here and like doing that because Mm -hmm. I was able to like solve my own problem. And did it help your soaps? Oh my God. It transformed my skin. Like it actually healed my skin. I was able to transition from like that soap to eventually just using commercial products again. Yeah. I haven't been making them because it's a really long like process. But yes, 1000% transformed everything. I created like a charcoal soap that I was using for my face because I also had like bad acne that helped significantly. People who bought my stuff loved it. It just wasn't sustainable, right? Like I hadn't created a sustainable business model out of that. So I wound up pausing that. And then because of that and being able to then articulate that I can solve problems I was able to land an admin an executive administrative assistant position at a real estate firm so completely different pivot I was completely (laughs) done with education I was like I'm not finding anything I'm just gonna try to see what I can find because I need a job at this point yeah I was able to find this position apply and then win them over because I was able to solve I was able to use me building this business this mini business yeah and solving my own problems as like a case study of how my brain works and how I can help them problem solve their things and it's not, it wasn't your traditional it was like a EA project management position I was managing my own little projects but I was also like an EA for the CEO yeah and then from there I was able to use that EA role to apply to a larger hospital in the city as an admin assistant. And then kind of work my way up very quickly from admin assistant to project coordinator in the project management office, from project coordinator to project manager, and then project manager to operations manager, all because I utilize that same skill of like problem solving to show people that I knew what I was doing or I knew what I was talking about and then like kind of move myself up each like every like couple of years or every like year and a half. Yeah, that's really cool because it kind of sounds like you had a personal problem in your life that you solved and then you used it in I'm assuming in an interview when they maybe asked you a question like how do you solve problems or something and it's actually rare that people can pull that off. But I think if it's like a strong enough personal example, like what you just shared, how you started a business, that's really interesting to people that helped you kind of show that you're a, not only like do you solve problems, but you take initiative, you're resourceful. I'm sure you had to experiment a bunch yeah. and be willing to fail <laughs> and try yeah. things out. That's really cool. That's such a cool story that that you told, I'm assuming, in the interview room. And they were like, oh, let's take a chance on this person, even though you didn't have that experience before. Yeah. And that's exactly what it was. It was a chance that they were taking because I didn't have that experience before. I came from a very different background, but I was able to really say, look, I'm a problem solver. This is how I solve problems. Yeah. Reflecting back, it was more than just like that example, even though that was an example that I used in the interview. But I was thinking about how I identified that problem solving was my skill set. 
because my core skill set. And I was back in college. I took a lot of theory classes and history classes to kind of learn how to think about education. But philosophy is hard because philosophy is all up here. It's and I I know that this is not video, so like my hand <laughs> is way above my head. Like it's philosophy is very the- it's theoretical by nature. But when you're thinking about education, you want education to be grounded. You want to be able to have a roadmap when you're d- talking about education. Like this is how we're going to go from this theory reality. And for most things, that's what you want. You want to be able to go from theory to reality and have the steps to take. And I was always able to say, this theory up here, this is how I'm relating it to real life. And that helped me think about education differently because I was then able to take this theory and philosophy into real life examples. And that's just how like I made sense of it in my brain, but I'm as I was doing that, I realized that I was able to do that for everything. It wasn't just education. I have a problem with my skin. How do I fix it? Okay. The theory is that if I cut out commercial products, my skin should get better. But what does that solution mean in reality? Moving from education to administration, like there's the theory, right? How do I make this happen? How do I sell myself to people? I realized very quickly that that like skill set of moving from theory and philosophy and like idea to like reality been my superpower. Yeah. Like when you first started that job, how was it like adjusting? And this was your first big girl, like corporate job. Yeah. Because everything else that I had done was nonprofits, right? So this was like, Full on corporate, even though technically the hospital is the hospital's a nonprofit, it really It's a business. It's not. It's a business. Like they run it like a business. It's not the way that like nonprofits run their organizations. Yeah. Especially this one. So I started off as an admin assistant. I was a little bit bored out of my mind because it was very traditional admin work, right? Like minutes, agendas scheduling meetings, occasional event planning. It's stuff that like I could have done with my eyes closed. And I was yeah. just like, I I never want to look at another set of minutes ever again after that job. But what wound up helping me, well, first of all, it was also a culture shock because I had never worked in healthcare and learning the terminology, and, like what every, all the terminology meant was really difficult. However, what I did do was I took the opportunity to sit in those minutes and they were like leadership minutes meetings. So they were like the executives of the hospital or the department of medicine. And I sat in those meetings and I learned like what metrics they were looking at. I learned like what all these terms really mean. So I didn't just sit there and like blindly take these notes. I was actively listening to learn because I knew that I was going to take this opportunity to grow. Yeah. Because I knew that this was the first job that I had that was really open to me to grow without necessarily having a specific degree. So I was like, I'm going to learn as much as humanly possible. I'm going to take this opportunity to have a crash course in like med school and (laughs) run with it. So did I have any idea what they were talking about the first six months that I was there? No, I went back to my office and like I was transcribing these minutes and I was like Googling shit. I was like, let me figure out what this means. I'm like, they're talking in acronyms. I'm like, what the hell is this? What is this acronym? And then sometimes depending on who was talking, couldn't really hear them. I was like, oh my God. So it was, again, the bane of my existence, but I learned so much about what was important to them, about the different initiatives that they were taking, about what metrics they were looking at. You know, I, and I took that and kind of ran with it. So then when I was tasked to assist 
in some like really high level planning for some like recurring meetings for a merger that was happening between our hospital and another hospital. And the person in charge was the head of the project management office. And just looking at the lists of people that needed to be in these meetings, I was like, lady, I need you to tell me specifics, right? Like, I need you to tell me who needs to be here. I, I asked her a bunch of random questions, not random questions, but a bunch of like more <laughs> detail oriented questions to help me organize things and actually yeah. be efficient at my job. And I had planned enough of these meetings already that I was like, okay, I know what I'm doing. She came back and three months later was like, I we're hiring for our project coordinator and I want you to be that project coordinator. I was like, okay. And we talked about the role. We talked about how the, it was a brand new role. No one had been in it before. Like I would really be able to make it what I wanted to make it. We would grow it as whatever. And I got the role because I asked the right questions Yeah. In from a single assignment. And from that assignment, I got this project coordinator role and then my life changed. Like I was in this project management office that did some of the best work that I think that I've ever seen. I loved the work. I loved the team. The team was amazing. Like we helped build a new inpatient tower. We like I was in the weeds of everything. And I very quickly grew from just having administrative responsibilities to managing my own projects. And like my and then as a project manager like your skill set is having to take theoretical ideas that people give you and then find the blueprint of what you're going to do so I was really able to leverage like my innate skills to kind of do that funnily enough I also have ADHD so like I was like even with the ADHD I was still able to kind of be on top I wasn't like the most organized project manager but I was always on top of my work I didn't If you had asked me for a Gantt chart, I wasn't going to be able to give it to you because that was just above and beyond what my ADHD brain could do. But <laughs> my, I like all of my stakeholders loved the work that I was able to do for them, and were really grateful for like the transformations that we were able, I was able to provide because the more important aspect of it wasn't the Gantt chart. The more important mm-hmm. aspect was being able to take their idea and solution and actualize it and actually present a solution for them, right? Yeah. And actually give them a product. Yeah, that's super interesting that you grew into this role. So you have an NYU degree. You're obviously like Mm -hmm. very smart. You and I graduated the same year and the economy was awful. It was very hard to find a job. So did you, when you started that job, did you feel Mm -hmm. like this is not exactly what I want, but I'm just going to take it? Like, how were you thinking about it? So remember, I had been in the nonprofit world, Right. So the nonprofit world, especially when we graduated college in like 2010, no one was paying well. So I was like, okay, I was making like chump change. Right. I was making literal chump change working in nonprofits. And then I took this role, the admin assistant role, because one, it was, I knew it was a foot in the door. I was 100% overqualified for this position. I could have done this in my sleep. I could have done this straight out of college. It didn't require a ton. It required a level of professionalism just because of the people that you're working. Like I was in front of, because I was in front of a lot of executives, but it did not require a lot of skill set. So yes, I was overqualified for the role. I, and did I feel underemployed? Not necessarily because I had been making the most money in that position that I had been in my entire career. 
mainly because I came from non from education nonprofits and just historically yeah. they're not well funded. You were like, this is great. Yeah. I was like, this is such a great Yeah. <laughs> like the benefits are great. It was a hospital, so my health insurance was great. Like I had been making like the most money I had ever made. I even negotiated because I was going to this now I went from commuting to my office in Jersey to commuting to my office in the city, I negotiated an extra $5,000 to kind of make me feel better about having to go back into the city again, having to commute again. And they just signed off on that fine. There was no like qualms about it. And I'm like, this is where we're going to go because this is where the money is going to be right now. And at that point, I kind of just needed to find something that I was going to be good at. And that was going to pay me well, because I still had these student loans. Yeah, Like I had been, I don't know, I started working at that hospital like five years after I'd graduated. I'm like, I had not made a dent at all in my student loans because. Yeah. And what's really cool about the, what you just said, the story about the woman who noticed the way you were asking yeah. questions and then offered mm-hmm. you that opportunity. Like that's, I love that you looked at it as this is just a door that's opening for me and I'm not going to be in this role forever. But if I do my job and provide value for to people, then like other opportunities will open. And obviously they did. And it sounds like you worked on some really cool projects and yeah. and you stayed that place for a long time. How long were you there? I was there for seven or eight years. Yeah. So I was in the admin role for about a year and a half. And then from there, I stayed in the project management office for the next five or six years and stayed there kind of consistently every year and a half getting a promotion in a race. Nice. Mainly because I was able to show value, right? I was able to show that I am actively listening to what needs are and then being able to come up with ideas and solutions. And then Also, I have to say that I lucked out because I always had really supportive at this hospital. I had very supportive supervisors my entire time there. I had supervisors who did not micromanage me. I had supervisors who let me participate in all sorts of meetings that were open to my suggestions and and valued my opinions. I lucked out and I 1000% know that especially for like my backpack people, that is not what you come across every single day, right? And I totally acknowledge that like that kind of privilege. And I'm, I'm also very white passing. So like, I had privilege in that sense that I was it was very easy to kind of just pretend that I was a white girl. I understand that I had privilege in the fact that I had people that that were able to trust that trusted me. I also understand that I had privilege in the fact that I am white passing. So those two things together helped me grow. And then I had a supervisor who like really pushed to align my compensation with my colleagues because I knew I was being underpaid. I was the only one that didn't have a master's degree. I was the only one that didn't know that I wanted to be in healthcare and kind of fell into it. Yeah. So I knew that like my compensation was lower than most of my colleagues and my team. But when this new supervisor came on, he really pushed to match me to everybody else. So I had like significant pay bumps every That's amazing. So it wasn't, like, yeah. So you had some really good advocates, which I'm I know that, you know, you were saying like there's some privilege there, but it sounds like either the culture was maybe a good one, one where like they encouraged younger junior resources to speak up and share their opinions, which is yeah. you don't find that in every culture. Like not every organization wants that. It's it can be very hierarchical in certain places. So that's cool. And then I'm sure you also, like you said, provided value. Like people saw yeah. that you were like a go-getter getting things done. And so that made 
makes people want to help you, right? Exactly. <laughs> no, and uh, that's what happened. And it was great. Yeah. Was so, great. okay. So you had this career that kind of blossomed in project management. Did you ever think about getting like one of those PM certifications or whatever? Because I talk to a lot of my clients actually who are interested in project management sometimes. And then they're always like trying to evaluate whether or not to get like the P, what is it? The P PMP. Or yeah. So yes, I had thought about it. I have a green belt. So from the Lean Six Sigma green belt. So I had done that. I was I would have had to start off with the CAMP. So the Certified Assistant of Man- Managing Projects. I forget what the acronym yeah. is. But it's the first step to getting your PMP. And I had thought about getting it. I even played around with like, almost booking the te- like the test date. I even I downloaded like the actual PMP guide, but I something always stopped me. There was like something in it that like I knew that I didn't always want to stay as a project manager. I knew that I didn't always want to stay in healthcare. And like granted, while the PMP would have been nice, like not everybody, very few people actually required it. Yeah. Okay. It was more, it was less the certification, more like the actual how you were able to articulate what you did in your projects. So I would see more job openings for like people who had five to seven years of experience of project management. And then at the bottom of optional things, it'd be nice if we had this. If not, it is what it is, right? So I'm like, I'm not going to stress myself out and take yet another standardized test. (laughs) If it's not going to matter, if my experience is what matters more. And I'm able to speak to my experience very well. Yeah, that makes sense. If it wasn't something that you felt like was holding you back, it's kind of like, what's the point? Yeah. If now that was my particular experience because I had been working at that in like that kind of capacity in that role for a while and I knew that they weren't going to hold that against me at my particular job if this was a different kind of organization that valued certifications a lot more than maybe I would have or had if I was just starting out and I knew that project management was going to be what I wanted and like the roles that I was looking at that I was like researching on LinkedIn or Indeed or whatever if Mm -hmm. they if those roles nine out of ten seven out of ten times said PMP, CAMP required, then I would have looked at that more closely. So when I was leaving my institution, part of the reason why I was leaving was because I had been working remote because of the pandemic. And then I was pregnant when the pandemic started. So they left me fully remote for a couple of years. So I was trying to see what my next steps were in growing my career and like trying to see what remote roles I can find because I really loved and thrived working remotely like I have two little kids it was really easy for me I wasn't like gone for 12 hours a day anymore like when I was like single no children like 12 hour days it is what it is what else am I what else am I doing but (laughs) once I had the kids I was like I don't want to leave before they wake up and come home and see them for 20 minutes and then put them to bed so like the remote work really like revolutionized my life um And honestly, I was having a hard time finding roles that like, I was having a hard time. I think everybody, people weren't, were still not really hiring that much. Like remote work roles were like, everybody wanted to transition to a remote role. So like the market was like oversaturated almost. And I had started like offering online services to make some extra cash and realized that I was really quickly one, the online work that I was doing lit me up more than I had been ever been lit up in a long time. Yeah. Like a long time. And then I realized that I was using the same skill set of being able to operationalize like tech solutions with like my online clients. 
Yeah. And my company was forcing us to come back to the office full time around March of 2022. And I was like, I had a panic attack. Like I had a full on panic attack. I was like, this is not, I can't do this. Like I can't go back to commuting anymore. So I was like, okay, I think that I'm done now. And I was making decent money, like doing my business. And may, my husband and I have a couple of conversations. We're like, no, if you're going to, if it's going to stress you out this much and just leave it, you're doing fine in your business. Worst comes to worst, you find another job later. Yeah. And tell us so, what your business is. Like who, what oh. kind of clients, what do you help them do? Yeah. Sorry. So I... Started off just offering regular virtual assistant services and I very quickly pivoted to like project management online and then have since like even honed in just a little bit more. So instead of managing full on projects, I now am a system strategist or a tech integrator. So I help online creatives who have sell courses, have an agency, right? Do PR services. I've worked with a lot of PR agencies and then build out their systems. Mm -hmm. Their businesses are more organized, right? And more streamlined. So I build the automations. I build out their project management tools if they need CRMs, spreadsheets, like the whole nine. But it all comes from like this space of like strategy. I start off all of my sessions with all of my clients with this like strategy session where we sit down and map out their processes and go from like, this theoretical business that we have to like very concrete things that they do. And then from there, I build their systems. So like I build out, I view, I'm utilizing that same skill set from my hospital days of like (laughs) operations and tech, bringing them together and making them talk to each other based off of this big audit that I do in the beginning. Yeah. And that's kind of like your superpower of problem solving became actually like niche expertise that you developed in your job at the, what is it like the healthcare or the hospital? Yeah. Um, And so now you're, because that's like a needed expertise for online creatives, you're able to like quickly sell that and start your own business. That's really cool. Yeah. It's been like a great kind of transition and it's utilizing all the things that I'm already good at. It's me asking the right questions like I did back in college. It's me taking this theory and this ideal that these people that like these business owners want and making it into reality. It's like the same thread that has run through my entire career path. I've just continued to refine that skill set and now build something of my own instead of kind of trying to fit myself into another job box. Yeah. And I think what's cool too about your career is that you have been very flexible to pivot and to like move into new things and try new things. And you've been willing to go into new roles where you didn't really know anything. Like you were saying, I didn't know the industry jargon. I didn't know the acronyms, but like Mm -hmm. I was going to just figure it out. And it's the same thing with like online entrepreneurship. It's all new. It's like no one's, no one's there like helping you. Yeah. There's no roadmap. (laughs) And so one thing that I wanted to ask you for sure is there's this idea of the sunk cost fallacy with careers, but also with dating and relationships. And it really applies to so many areas of our life. But sometimes I see clients or people that I talk to say, but I've spent 10 years in education. Like, how can I throw that away? This whole idea of throwing away years of experience or your soap business. Well, you spent like a a good amount of time on your soap business. And at some point you were like, I'm going to close this up. I kind of got it, got what I needed to get out of this. (laughs) And you're like willing to move forward. So what would you say to someone who's like, but I can't throw away all of these years? So my thing is, there's no such thing. This idea of sunk cost 
like you're not singing calls. You're not starting from scratch. You are yeah. all that experience that you had, you're taking with you. All the experience that I had in that I g- get gathered, learned in college, all those like ridiculous philosophy courses that I took. <laughs> I didn't like, have I ever thought about educational philosophy in the same way? No, I have some <laughs> of those books there. Have I opened them in 12 years? No. However, that thought process and learning how to think about philosophy allowed me to then learn about how to implement, how to take theory and put it into reality, right? That idea of how to solve problems throughout my career has only been refined. And now I'm just taking all of that and building something else. Like you're, you never start from scratch, right? You're always building. So like my, I see like my career path as like, a pyramid, right? Think about yeah. the pyramid. You start off with this really wide base at the bottom because you're kind of just getting things from everywhere. And then you're continuously like, just maybe it's not, you, maybe you wanted to build a pyramid to begin with. And now it's kind of becoming the leaning tower of Pisa. But like, <laughs> it's not a bad thing. You're still building and refining. And like, yeah. it's coming together as you go. Yeah. Um, it may not look the way you thought it was going to look. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. Well, okay, last question for you. If someone wants to work with you, like who's your ideal client? How can they get in touch with you and find you on the internet? So I work with BIPOC uh, creative entrepreneurs, mainly women, um, and also agents, specifically agency owners. So like PR agencies, marketing agencies, social media agencies, the whole agencies, right? Um, And you can find me on my website, arianarodriguez.co. Um, or Instagram at Ariana underscore Rodriguez underscore. Thank you so much for listening today. Make sure you head over to ecmpodcast.com slash free course and sign up for my free job search training course. I teach you the three things that you need to know before you go into a job search process. My goal is to help you change careers with confidence and ease so you can move on with your life. I'll see you next week.